just want little bits because I'm going to refer to them. So tonight I want to um, just share with you from the book of Daniel. And um, I, I just think it's awesome. And and I pray that um, you're encouraged. and But more than that, that you're challenged as I share with you tonight. Not only that you would be challenged, but um, also I'm being challenged too. So I just want to share that um, with you and what God's been speaking to me about just of late. So um, I'm sure we are all familiar with the book of Daniel, So, um, but let's just recap a few things. Oh. You can hear my breathing. Hold it down here, dear. Is it? Oh, I see people doing this. Shall I do that? Can you not hear me breathing like that? Right. Hey? This is my husband giving me instruction. Don't don't necessarily always uh, follow the instructions of your husband, just saying. My husband instructed me to chainsaw a tree down from one side. It fell on me, just saying. I was like, should I I shouldn't be I shouldn't be doing it from this side. It's like, no, no, just stay there, just stay there. I'm like, it's gonna no, it's all right. Mm. Anyway, but I can trust him with this device. Right here. Radio. Just getting over my nerves. Um, so Daniel. Um, as we know, Daniel is um well, I'm hoping that you know, but if not, I'm gonna tell you a little bit a bit about it anyway. Who is he? So um about sixteen hundred BC, um the Babylonian kingdom takes siege of Judah and Daniel happens to be there in Jerusalem, so he's captured um, at that time, and he's one of those taken captive um, when the Babylonian takeover siege takes place. So Daniel and his friends uh, would become eunuchs, and they would be enslaved and have, um, hold on, anyways, radio. So they've been taken captive, this is Daniel. Um, in Jerusalem, Babylonian kingdoms taken over, besieged the whole area, and then the king has made a decree. I would like uh, the captain of his eunuchs to collect together these young men, and Daniel happens to be one of the young men whom um, is chosen for his good looks, um, his ability to learn language, and is educated. And this is Daniel. But it's not only Daniel, he has three friends as well. As well as this, he will become a eunuch. It's pretty serious stuff, really. Um, and so part of the training, once he is chosen to be a eunuch, really, is three years of training. This three years of training will prepare him. Um, he will be interviewed before the king, and then potentially he will find time serving in the king's um, court. The three years training will involve uh, learning Babylonian language, literature, the ways of the Chaldeans, who were known for their astrology and witchcraft, and also his name will be changed. Here is Daniel, about to really have his identity challenged. A different language, different literature, different ways of a different people, different practices. He'll learn astrology, witchcraft, and his name will be changed. His name will no longer have a reference to the God whom he serves, and his name Daniel meaning God is my judge, but his name will also be changed to one who ref that refers to a Babylonian God. But Daniel and his friend's identity is not challenged by this. 
and his friends' names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. It's not until Daniel is provided food from the king's delicacies. This is when Daniel makes a request not to eat the food. Amazing to me that it's when the food comes out. Daniel makes this request in verse 9, chapter 1. He's given favor by God, it says. God gave Daniel favor. He asked that he not eat the food of the king, not wanting to defile himself. Here Daniel shows his commitment to God and the value for his relationship. The food may not have been kosher, or it may have been dedicated to Babylonian gods or it may have been of unclean animals. That's not specified. But either way, Daniel believed in eating it, it would defile him. And he asked that he wouldn't need to eat it. So in making this stand, God gives Daniel favor. And the word clearly says that. And when he asked of the, um, the captain of the eunuchs in regards to not eating this food, he says, well, I can't have you present yourself before the king not looking well. It's not going to look good on me, and I may find myself in trouble before the king. And Daniel makes a request along with his friends. Will you give us 10 days? Give us 10 days of eating vegetables and water and test and see how we do. So after the 10 days, would you believe it? They ended up looking better and fatter in flesh than all the other young men who are eating the king's delicacies. This is extraordinary. And one of the extraordinary events that take place in the book of Daniel. Daniel and his friends didn't compromise those things that they valued. Those things that they believed would interfere with their commitment to God. And they made a stand. I still find it interesting that in having his name changed, and being taught language that isn't his language, literature, uh, teachings, and ways that are not his ways, and then also practices of another region, another kingdom. There is no protest. There's no protest. I'm now having my name that refers to my God when you say it be changed to refer to a God whom I don't serve foreign god to a foreign king but no protest the protest comes when he's requested to do something that he believes will defile himself moving on god gave them knowledge again god is continuing to give them favor not only daniel but his friends god gave them knowledge and skills and all the literature and wisdom and daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams, not just some, but all of them. The king interviews them after this three-year time, and when he interviews Daniel and his three friends, he finds them to be ten more times gifted than the other magicians or astrologers in his realm. There was no other like them. That's amazing. Another point in uh, just the early books of Daniel is, of course, the dream. I'm sure that you would have known 
know about this, and I'm just going to touch on that briefly. So uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and it distresses him quite a lot. And so he wants an interpretation of the dream because of the distress that it caused him. But he's been a bit tricky. He doesn't want to tell anyone what the dream's details are. And so he calls to himself the wise men and the magicians and etc., or the Chaldeans, and he says to them, I want you to interpret the dream, but they ask for the details. And he's like, I'm not telling you. Um, like, I need you to sort it out because if you bring the interpretation, then I know that it is accurate. And so in Daniel 2 it says, The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There's not a man on earth who can tell the king this matter. Therefore, no king or lord or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. No one can tell you except the gods, king. And gods dwell, on gods do not dwell in flesh. So Nebuchadnezzar, um, to his character, is not very happy. He's, He's a bit angry, to put it lightly. So he makes a decree, kill all the wise men. If you can't help me out, I'm just kill you. So he makes a decree to go out and kill all the wise men in the realm. And uh, Daniel gets becomes aware of this, and Ariok, the captain of the guard, he inquires of him, what's going on? And he lets him know what the king has said, like the stream needs to be interpreted, and the people whom he has sought are telling him that they can't do it, So he's going to kill them all. And so Daniel, being Daniel, says, he actually goes to the king himself and says to the king, will you give me time? I'm going to sort God and for the interpretation of the dream. So let me just read from here. Uh, Daniel seeks that the king would stop killing everybody, which included him because he was one of the wise men too. So him and his friends would have been killed as this decree went out as well. It's like, please, God, um, please, Lord King, just just pause for a moment um, and give me time. So he seeks the, again, he goes and tells his friends and they pray and seek the Lord. And so it says here in Daniel 2 that, 19, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed God of heaven. So here we are. Again, God is intervening on his behalf. And this dream is made known to Daniel. And the interpretation is correct. And um, I'm not going to go into that tonight other than just highlighting the significance of Daniel seeking God and the, in the presence of a king. But I will uh, share with you the prayer that Daniel says in um, verses 20. So the Lord has given him the, revealed to him the secret of the dream. And so Daniel blesses the Lord of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Again, I needed to pause here because here is Daniel acknowledging God as the one who raises up kings. You put kings in place, God, and here I am in the service of a foreign king. 
He's taken me out of my homeland. I'm captive to him. I have a new language, a new name. Not only that, I'm a eunuch, God. I'm a slave. And here he is, as God has revealed to him the mystery that he's sought after for the king. Again, to save his life, really, (laughs) as well. But he's giving God glory for him. He removes the kings and raises up kings. This gives me insight to the heart and character of Daniel, that he would serve King Nebuchadnezzar and those whom followed with a heart primarily for God, but in serving and, and being diligent and faithful is unto God. Amen? That was really cool. Anyways, so Daniel answered to the king. He lets the king know the interpretation, and that is correct. And then Dan answers in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the Sioux slashers, cannot declare this to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made it known. Boom. No compromising. Our God is absolutely superior over the occult. They cannot deliver the truth of spirit. They are wise men, astrologers. God, they cannot deliver the truth of spiritual mysteries because they cannot obtain the truth. Only God reveals the truth. Next story in Daniel, the fiery furnace. Awesome uncompromising. So this one here, again, they're making a stand. We're not going to compromise. We know the king made uh, idols. And then when the music played, they were to bow before a gold image of him and worship. But they refused. I don't know where Daniel was. He wasn't chucked in the fire, but his mates were. Um, So the three, um, his three friends, three friends, uh, that I refer to now as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they are put into the fiery furnace, and then whilst they're in there, everybody knows the story, yeah? <clears throat> yeah. Right, so they're in the fire, and then the king says in Daniel three twenty-five, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. King Nebuchadnezzar recognizes they will not compromise to serve any other God than their own. That's amazing. Their diligence, their their non-compromising heart, their excellent spirit causes the revelation of God to be made known to a foreign king. He's a powerful king. And here he is now recognizing that God, your God, is the one, he's a true God. He's, a, he's an authority that needs to be recognized. The point that I want to make is they're not, they didn't compromise. In the face of death, they chose to stay true to their calling, stay true to their God. Though there was an environment desiring to take away from them their identity of who they were and whose they were, they stayed true. They, but they did it well. We, I don't, I haven't read anything where they didn't serve the king well. And that is emphasized to me in the prayer that Daniel prayed when he had the dream revealed to him. 
You remove kings, God, and you raise them up. Amen. So recently um, I went on a holiday to Bali. It was, my, uh, it was a very exciting time. First overseas holiday ever. Um, like, for me, that's quite significant. I actually didn't think that that would ever happen, to be honest. So to be going was, like, quite exciting, but nerve-wracking, really. Like, oh, my gosh, like it's, it's like, it's happening. Like, it's happening. Like, it's happening. Like, I'm on a plane. It's happening. I'm here. It's happening. And then I'm there, and I'm like, I, don't, I like it. I like it. It's good. In my imagination, I had expected Bali to be similar to India, only through um, people sharing with me just their experiences. Everybody had pretty much a good um, experience in Bali. Well, I won't say everyone, but majority, um, and they would go back there, so that was quite good. But the only other time I have left New Zealand was around six years ago to go on a missions trip in India to Bihar. It was my first time leaving my homeland, and again, that was quite a significant time. I recall um, hopping off the plane in India. Uh, the first thing I noticed was the armed guards with rifles, and thought, oh my gosh, like, I so look like that. I so, I so stand out amongst all of these people. I mean, I'm, I'm the, oh, seriously the foreigner in that environment. Anyway, don't look them in the eye, don't look them in the eye, don't look them in the eye. They might <laughs> take your back or something. Um, so that was quite intimidating. And then, I, and then I come out and there's two taxis, and so we're getting separated. I'm getting separated from Israel. I'm in a taxi with someone driving whom I don't know, like the co-driver. I'm going somewhere I don't know, and I'm a little bit nervous, and I'm like, oh, God. you got Like, I, I don't know where to put things, and I don't want to... I don't want to freak out. Like, I've just landed and I want to be here, um, et cetera. So really just getting a hold of myself. To the right, the first impression I saw was um, were markets all along, like all along our foot, all along the footpath, you would have had people, just stalls outside of shops. But the thing that struck me was um, laid out on the footpath was a, like a rug or a blanket and there was a baby lying and a mum cooking on an open oven and I've never seen this before. I did take note, the baby didn't look malnourished, he had a nice little puku and I, I just thought, oh, this must be where they live, on the side of the street. And then my next view to out the other window was the, um, but do you call it? I would think it was a slum or it looks just like housing made out of, and it was a large area made out of maybe sticks and plastic and, and iron. And in that moment I prayed and I was like, God, I don't I don't know how to I don't know where to put what I'm seeing. I've got no reference to to place this information and I, I need your help. And the Lord said to me, Don't compare them with anything that you know. These are a beautiful and diverse people. And I carried on the journey that way. So my recent trip to Bali reminded me of, of India and reminded me of that, that first memory of my, pretty much the first 20 minutes of having um, come out of the airport. Bali isn't like India. It's quite different. The things that I noticed um, culturally were um, they would have um, maybe, I would think it might have been like banana leaf 
little square things, and they would be out on the footpaths every morning with some incense and some food, and there were sacrifices for prosperity for the day for their businesses. There was idols everywhere, and um, of course a different language, different culture. The people were beautiful. Uh, they were always polite and engaging, beautiful smiles, and um, always welcoming and, and thankful. It's easy to recognize a culture when you're in a different country. It's obvious. Their practices are obvious. It's obvious that they have other gods. It's obvious that they have a different language. It's obvious that they may have different values. But it's not so obvious at home. It's not so obvious the subtle pulls to compromise. In Bali or in India, it would have been obvious if someone was trying to get me to worship a false god. Home, it's not so obvious. There are many things that are attempting to cause us to compromise. But it's not so obvious. We may compromise our faith and our belief and the desire to fit in. We may compromise for the sake of not missing out on something. But a FOMO going on. We might compromise because we have this deep need to be accepted. We may compromise by saying, I'm too busy, God. I just don't have the time. We may compromise by our cultural values, and we heard one this morning if you were here, the Kiwi dream, good job, good house. Once you got those done, get a boat and a batch. You got it made. We may compromise because we don't believe that God is with us. We may compromise because we don't believe who God says he is. There are attempts to alter our sense of identity coming at us constantly. But if we are confident in whose we are, our identity is secure. Daniel did not lose sight of who his God was, and his devotion to God remained secure. Daniel remained secure. The courageous commitment of Daniel and his friends presents a timeless challenge to us as believers today. Don't compromise. Even though it could mean a fiery furnace testing, the Lord's protection and deliverance will be there. You can, God can use you powerfully to reveal his glory to those whom you dwell with, just as Daniel did. My question is, where are you at? Are you confident that you know God? Are you confident in your identity? Are you confident that God is with you? Do you know God or have you put him on the shelf? And is he something you just pick up when you need something? How confident are you? I'm challenged too. I desire to see a great move of God and I want to be a part of that.
there are many levels of compromising. And the one that comes to mind even for me this morning was just hearing again, take thought, take captive every thought, take captive every thought that would exalt itself before God. I'm up for the challenge. I pray that you are too. God bless.